I feel that the first time quitting something is probably the hardest. From then, like it's been so much easier to let go of things that I could tell weren't serving me personally or professionally. And I feel like it's so much easier to say no now. Like no, no to the perfect client or no to a client that I don't feel like I can serve. Well, saying yes to the wrong thing means you might be saying no to a lot of the right things. Today's episode is about breaking norms, being able to blend family and career and reshaping the PT landscape, whatever that means for you in your clinic, in your own mind, or profession-wide. Uh, our guest, Michael Derry, is going to share with you his insights on this, but we wanted to make sure that, well, your direction was your direction. And so my question to you is, where are you going? Um, physical therapists who have a PT license, you can do that PT thing wherever you want to do it. Change your scenery and see where your skills can take you. I'm talking about travel physical therapy with our friends at Jackson Therapy Partners. See where you can go at jacksontherapy.com. I was just in a Facebook group the other day and just watched as people were trashing all these different EMRs that they have been using. Uh, wouldn't it be better if they were all, well, seamlessly integrated is the thing that we kept hearing. Well, our friends at MW Therapy have an all-in-one outpatient PT EMR, patient portals, marketing automations, billing. It's all in one app. Why is it in different apps? Here, it's all in one app. Switching over is a breeze as well. Take a test drive for free at mwtherapy.com and see what you're missing. Finally, if you own a clinic, like our guest today does, would you like to add 290 bucks per patient every quarter? You've heard about remote therapeutic monitoring. I know you did a little bit last year. and You're like, I'll get to that eventually. But what if you could enhance patient outcomes, ease provider workload, and turbocharge your earnings? Now, now you're like, okay, well, we've got an organization that works with us that makes it easy. They're called Physiotech. See how they can help you kickstart your RTM journey at physiotech.ca. That's physiotec.ca. When you do the intro, it does feel very official, doesn't it? Yes. I, I feel like I'm a part of something bigger. Bigger and better. All right. Today's yeah. guest, a trailblazer in the world of physical therapy uh, from appearing on an episode of Pawn Stars. We're going to get into that to Revolution yeah, in yeah. ET with his mobile practice and right. growing a YouTube channel. We'll talk about that. Uh, his journey, my journey. Is anybody's journey really ordinary? I think that's the fun part. Like zoomed out it might, but when you start to zoom in, it's we're all a little bit different. Uh, Michael Derry is here. Michael, welcome to the program, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to just chatting and seeing where things go. All right, let's start off with you've got a unique background. What drove you to you know establish? What drove you to now? Let's let's go with your like you know all good movies or especially mm -hmm. superhero movies. They're all origin stories, really. And what yeah, made yeah, yeah. that that superhero or the villain? It's always more interesting. The villain is typically deeper. But what what you know what brought you to here, and how is it aligned with your personal and professional aspirations now that you're doing what you do, which we'll get into. Sure. Yeah. I mean, my story is pretty classic. I mean, other than I got into PT and I had no previous injury. So that's a big one, yeah. right? And yeah. I um, got in the realm of PT just because I liked to help people, but didn't really like other realms of healthcare. And it was that good match with the one-on-one -on -one care, really, and getting to know people. I knew I wanted to influence people's health, but I didn't. I couldn't do it in 10, 15 minutes. I recognized that then, and it still holds true now. So I went through PT school. Uh, that was awesome. I went to Bradley University in Central Illinois, had a lot of great teachers and resources. And that kind of led me down the path of wanting to pursue like certifications. So man, I was dead set on 
becoming an orthopedic clinical specialist and then fellowship and then maybe dabbling into teaching uh, just because the people I looked up to in PT school did those things Mm -hmm. and I respected them and the, just the interaction they had with their clients and the way they spoke and their hands-on skills and all of those things just resonated with me. And I'm the type of person that if I commit to something, I'm going to do it 100%. And so it just matched that I could just keep going on and learning. So that's kind of exactly what I did. I started working as soon as I graduated, I started working for traditional PT practice. Um, it was a PT clinic that saw high volume amount of patients. And I just got to get my hands on a lot of people. And that helped during the residency because that was a hybrid model residency. And so I needed a bunch of patient hours. And, um, at the time my wife was in PT school as well. So she was in PT school. So I was like, well, what am I going to do with my time? I'll just continue learning. And so I knocked out the residency right out of school. And then I went on, um, be started managing the clinic like other, like everybody wants to do when you come out of school, you know, I want to manage a clinic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep uh, growing my skills. And so that's what I did. And, um, as soon as I finished the residency, I was knee deep in managing. So I did that, learned that for about a year. And then once I was getting comfortable, I was like, I want to go on to fellowship and that didn't really match with what my work demands were. And so my work demands were seeing patients. And I said, Hey, I need a step, not necessarily step away, but I'm going to have some responsibilities. Can I make both work? And then I soon realized I couldn't. So then I took a job as a staff therapist at healthcare system, um, kind of to one, allow me to see one-on-one. And then I was able to have a mentor that I, that I really wanted to spend time with. That was my professor at my PT school. And she was like, Hey, I'll be your mentor through the fellowship. Let's do this. And I was like, absolutely. I'm hundred percent in. So then I stepped back from management skills and stepped towards PT skills and then about 12, 18 months into fellowship, I felt like the program was trying to make me into them instead of letting me be grow as a therapist. Hmm. And I was just, I was really ch- challenged and um, doing my absolute best and just getting some feedback that didn't necessarily match um, who I thought as a, I was as a person. And uh, I had to step away. It was like the first thing in my life that I quit. And my fiance at the time, she was very surprised I made that decision, but I was just having to like not help make wedding decisions and step away from personal things to step towards this fellowship and having to make decisions that didn't resonate with me well as a person, a human being. I'm like, yeah. this is not the reason why I started this. So I quit and I never looked back from there. And uh, at that point, I started realizing, you know, how is physical therapy serving me? How am I leveraging my skills and my license? And where do I see this going? You know? Um, and so at that point in time, I was just focusing on personal. And so my wife and I got married, um, in October of 2019. At that point I was about four years out of school. And then in, let's see, we know in 2020 things got a little wild and we moved we uh, just both had the opportunity during COVID to step away from our jobs and start something new. We knew if we started a family in Illinois, we'd probably end up staying there. And uh, we knew we wanted to go somewhere sunnier. And um, I had been toying around this idea of starting my own practice. And I had never had that vision in PT school. Like that was way off my radar. I remember sitting down with my regional manager and I'm like, Hey, like, have you ever thought about starting your own thing? And he's like, I never want to deal with insurance. And like, that was the end of the conversation. 
And so I'd never thought about it, but then I was like, man, I'm like, I, I really think I could do this on my own. Like I have no idea business-wise what I'm doing, but I know I have a good product, at least what I thought it was a product at that time. And so I actually technically, you know, started that when we were in Illinois. And then when we got here in Florida, we were living with family. We ended up um, pregnant a couple months here in Florida and we were like, we got to find a house. And then I was working for a company and uh, I went to go on paternity leave. And I was like, Hey, like I would love some time off. And they're like, yeah, sure. Two weeks. Sounds good. I'm like, nah. I'm like, it's my first one. I would love maybe just a little bit more. I don't care if it's not paid. Everybody just tells you that that time is fleeting. You never regret, you know, not spending time with your little one. So I was trying to heed some of that advice and, um, you know, they just weren't matching what I thought what my needs were. And so I remember being in the hospital and then just telling my wife, like, I'm done. Like, I'm not going back to that job and I'm starting my own thing. And so the first few months of his life, I was just trying to, you know, rock it out and bust out all the stuff I had learned in the past, being new to the area and starting a new business. And that's when things just started rolling. Like I was starting to get involved in different groups and my business. I mean, it, it was slow. I've been at it for two and a half years now, um, but now it's grown to something that I never thought. And I haven't looked back. I'm like, I've just really enjoyed the ride. And so now I have a concierge mobile practice here in Jacksonville, Florida, and I'm kind of leveraging those skills that I learned along the way from management, from residency and fellowship. And then what I've learned being a part of, you know, different groups and just reading some material and trying to flex some skills that I'd never, that I was never able to like foster or grow in PT school or undergrad. And I didn't grow up in a family that had a business mindset. Um, both my parents just were employees their whole life, which is fine. But um, I was just trying to learn things along the way. So that's kind of what led me here today. Yeah. Well, uh, the the decision to quit, because yeah. I think we'll be, we're, we're, we're taught as kids, right? Winners never quit. And sure. Seth Godin, who's a great business writer, he says, um, winners quit all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually know when to quit and what to quit better. Typically, like they, they, they take that leap. They're like, listen, staying in a, in a bad situation doesn't mean that you're going to guarantee success. Yeah. So like, just, just briefly, like, what did you feel in your gut that made you, I think leaving this is actually a better decision for me. And, you know, from what I heard you say, it, it was, yeah. but, you know, what did it feel like? Uh, it was awful. Like I had never quit anything ever. Like, uh, I remember almost quitting PT school once and I was, I felt very ill prepared and that was a grind and I was able to, to do it and, and did just fine. But when it came to OCS and like, I knew if I quit the fellowship, my trajectory had changed forever. Like there was no way that I was able to advance like what I thought, what I needed to be a teacher or to leverage those skills. So I remember it going against every gut feeling that I had um, at that point in time and just growing up that quitting was just not something that we did in my house. Like you did it, you did it. So, and I remember being on the phone. I remember the exact spot and location I was when I called them and had that conversation with like, Hey, I got to step away from this. Like it's not serving me anymore. I feel that the first time quitting something is probably the hardest. And then, and then from then, like it's been so much easier to let go of things that I could tell weren't serving me personally or professionally. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little, it's a little free freeing and I feel like it's so much easier to say no now, like no, no to the perfect client or no to a client that I don't feel like I can serve. No to different opportunities. 
Well, saying yes to the wrong thing means you might be saying no to a lot of the right things. I mean, you mentioned, you know, wanting to stay home with with a new addition to the family. It's like you you might have you might have two things in front of you that are great, but you have to you have to decide. You have to wake up in the middle of the night and say, "Is this the right decision?" So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, you know, I you you learn you know the more you read and the more you learn, like following your gut goes a long way and. and that, that's what I did at that moment. And my wife, uh, my fiance at the time was just so supportive. And she was like, okay, like hundred percent, like she was on the same page, whether I stayed or, or went. So that was never a thing. Um, yeah, it, it just worked out. It just worked out. Yeah. Uh, what's the pawns? You were on an episode of Pawn Stars, which by the way, is a show that I never seek out to watch. It's just there. Yeah. And next thing you know, three hours later, I've watched like six episodes. <laughs> so it's never like, oh my gosh, Pawn Stars is on. It's just, I'm flipping and there's yeah, yeah, Best I can do is 350. And I'm like, I'm in. I'm like, why are we hiring? I'm, I'm in. I'm vested. What's, yeah. What's the story there for Pawn Stars? Yeah. I mean, 21 year old male went to Vegas for his 21st birthday and <laughs> went, walked the strip all the way down. And we were honestly in line just to purchase a little trinket to say that we were there. Sure. And they were like, hey, we're going to film in 10 minutes. And then they just went down the line and said, hey, do you want to be in it? Do you want to be in it? And I was like, I, I have no problem being in it, but my family's here with me. I'm not going to make them sit outside. And they're like, no, bring them too. And so we were able to just be like a random person in the background wow. of this episode. And, and when it aired, like you could see my feet and my clothes and like yeah. my face a couple of times. But it was just more of, you know, at that point in time, like I had suddenly realized that Pawn Stars is 100% scripted 100% oh. of the time. Oh, yeah. And it broke my heart. And I was like, yeah. man, I'm like, that did not meet my expectations. And I was very upset. I was on an episode of, or I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but Howard Stern used to have a TV show. Like they used to like okay. video. It was one of the first, if you want to look at it, it was one of the first reality shows. And that one, not scripted at all. Cause they were just like, we're yeah. just going to put cameras in the studio with Howard Stern. And people were like, but it's a radio show and we can't see radio. And they were like, but we're going to do it. So I was an intern at the radio station there. And the TV show was like separate. That was like E. That was the E channel. And like the radio station was this other company, right? So, uh, but you know, we knew each other, right? Because I was an intern. Again, I was low man on totem pole. But the TV people would recognize us. And I'm outside having a, a slice of pizza for lunch. And what they would do is they would get man on the street reactions to what what they talked about that morning. So okay. Howard's show was off at like 10 a.m. or something like that. And this is noon, but they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to get some reaction, like man on the street thing. Sure, sure, sure. And the the topic of the day had to do with, I'm trying to think how to dance around this. So it's not, it's, <laughs> my mom was not necessarily proud. This is my TV moment. But an adult film actress had been on the uh, the program, sure. and she had she had uh, some of her body parts removed. Some it was an ectomy, and I, I won't say you. where, but it was below the belly button. And she had the the body parts saved in lucite in liquid plastic. And it was one of the first. It was at early eBay. She was auctioning off these parts of her that were removed, and like uh, it was a big debate: can you oh, sell these? Is this ethical? Yeah. Whatever. And they couldn't get anybody on the street to talk about. It. Everybody was like, "I'm not." I'm not coming. Yeah, yeah. They spot me and they're like, hey, we need a good reaction. You're a 21-year-old male. Like, give us a good whatever. And they gave me the prompt. They're like, so-and-so just had this. Would you bid on this? And if so, how much? And I was like, my reaction was, my reaction was, 
why would I bid on body parts that this own that this woman doesn't even want of her own of herself? Like, yeah, throw it away. And they were like, "That's it. That's the reaction." So yeah. I got on TV for that. So there we go. But they were prompted, you know, and it's it's, yeah. it's like pushed. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this for for the home run for the punch, right? Re yeah. reflect, reflecting on this headline, right? Being a PT is more than hard. It's nearly impossible. Hmm. What advice would you give for people who are hearing this that are in school right now? They were where you were. You mentioned you thought about quitting PT school, which I'm pretty sure a lot of us did, right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. But what advice would you give to aspiring PTs to navigate this challenging yet rewarding field? There is this dichotomy of, yeah, it could be terribly challenging, but on the other flip side of that could be, could be rewarding. So what advice? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, myself and my wife, we had two different perspectives going through PT school. I was very much like focused on how do I establish a really good career? And PT, PT seemed to me like, Hey, eight to five, I can see patients make a decent living you know, fulfill that bucket of mine where I want to serve and help people feel better and, and really build a relationship. I think, you know, as PTs, if everybody did personality tests, we're all empathetic and feelers at one point in time. Right. And so being in the healthcare field and, and being able to check those boxes internally made me feel really good. And so when I got out of school, like I was able to dive into something where you, you, you know, if you could work your butt off and see a ton of patients, you can make a decent living. Sure. Right. And so that worked for a while. And then, you know, you get out of PT school and they say, okay, like you're good to go. You can start making your money. Hey, you've got student loans. And then by the way, you probably want to start your life at some point in time soon. And so that's when we, you know, got married and had a child. And then my priorities, I was like, well, man, how does, how does PT serve me now? Um, and just seeing the different struggles that my wife and I have had. And so, you know, like she wants to be a therapist and treat patients, but if you only make money while you're getting or while you're treating, you know, you're really having to choose between like my, do I spend time with my child? Do I work? Like, and everybody's situation is different. And this is just our particular situation with PT, but you know, you're billing units in the end, like that's what you're doing. You're trading your time for units of care. And so if you're billing units, you're able to make money. If you're not billing units, then you're not able to make money. And so um, if I had anybody, you know, looking back at this for years, I wouldn't, I would not believe how challenging it would be to make a decent living, but then also having to choose where do I spend my time? And I think the sooner you can ask those questions, the better, because then you start getting creative on how to leverage your time and skills earlier, um, which will allow you to still fill those buckets that make you feel good and really serve me as a human being. Um, but then it also starts to be like, okay, like what's the, you know, what's, what does it look like down the, down the, um, timeline here? I mean, it's the same thing we do with our finances, right? You talk to a financial planner. So, um, we've got to look, got to look down road a little bit. Okay. All right, uh, Michael, you ready to play a little game we like to call 60-second PT? Oh, man. I, yes, I am 100% in. 60 seconds. Let's go. All right, I got the ticking clock. I'm going to ask you rapid-fire questions for 60 seconds. The faster you answer, the more questions you get. So okay. your 60-second PT, hang on. Let me get yeah, this yeah, clock. Yeah. Your 60-second P, Michael Derry, starts right now. Uh, what's your favorite part of being a physical therapist? The relationship building. Summarize physical therapy in just three words. Mm. Rewarding, challenging, and fun. All right. Talking about challenging, what's the most challenging part of your job? Choosing where to spend my time. 
Where's the most rewarding part of your job? Hmm. Seeing people, uh, seeing people improve. What's one myth about physical therapy that you often encounter? Oh man, I, I love that question. So that we can only help after surgery. What's a common mistake new grad PTs make? Oh my gosh, not thinking down the road. What's your secret sauce for connecting with patients? Uh, you've got to you got to leverage your empathy and learn how to grow those skills. Yeah. Uh, what's one habit that has contributed most to your success? Uh, being able to get work done and have a strong work ethic. And what's a piece of advice you wish you'd been given at the start of your career? It's going to be harder than it looks. There you go. All right, Michael Derry, you're off the hot seat. That is yours. Six <laughs> second PT. I made that sound doom and gloom at some points, but man, oh, that was I, don't I guess I just focused on the, uh, the, ch the things that are most upfront in my mind and the challenges. Sure. All right. Last thing we do on the show is I'll give you your opportunity to take your parting shot. This is the parting shot. Mic drop moment. Oh. Soapbox statement. What's the parting shot you'd want to leave with people? Ooh, uh, you know, as a physical therapist, there's a lot of wonderful things about what we do. Very privileged, very rewarding career. Um, we're also very challenged in many ways. And if you talk to people that looked at us objectively, they would think we're crazy for getting in our field. Absolutely nutso. The ROI, it's, it's really hard to look at that sometimes. Um, but if you're talking for something, you know, when you think about other careers out there and have been able to have an impact on someone's life and health, oof, we're right there. I mean, everything coming down the road from where does PT line the healthcare system, getting us involved with primary cares to see how we are interacting in the military and all of that stuff that's going to come downstream 100% we're at the front line on treating people. So absolutely, absolutely a great place to be. Uh, Michael, appreciate the time and insight. Uh, yeah. The best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. 